February 14th, of course, is Valentine's Day. So we spoke with Bumble, one of the biggest dating apps out there, to find out what sort of trends are we looking at for the year and how is the dating scene changing, especially with inflation prompting daters to maybe think about having a cheaper excursion. Speaking of inflation, we continued our out-of-pocket global news series today, and today we met a woman in a First Nation in Manitoba and talked about the challenges she faces, particularly in her community, just to get by and the things she's having to sacrifice to make ends meet. And since it's Valentine's Day, we asked you, what is your favorite sexy song? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, February 14th podcast for The Start. Valentine's Day all if people are into it and if you're not that's fine too but I was saying yesterday it's not that big of a deal for me but I woke up this morning at three in the morning and there sit on the table were some flowers and chips I said said yesterday sometimes he just gets me chips and there's chips there and there's stuff for the kids and so I thought that was cute and then later this morning we're going to talk about music and you know when you're feeling frisky frisky and so I was listening to some songs so I was you know thinking lots of things around 545 and then I listened to this audio coming out of Ontario of this couple that have reconnected after decades apart. And I started crying. And I'm trying to explain all this to Brett. And then he just yells out, here we go! 605! <laughs> I was like, right, sorry, Brett. No time for romance. There'll be time for romance later on this morning. But I got the uh, same empty bowl of popcorn as I, as I got last night. That's what was waiting for me on my night sides table this morning so uh at some point i guess uh, valentine's day will will have some sort of official launch in, in our world but uh yeah this is a special day for a lot of folks and and music goes a long way in taking you back or setting the mood setting the tone maybe brett uh setting the expectation about what you might like to see happen over the next, uh, you know, seven minutes to three hours, depending <laughs> on. <laughs> seven minutes to three hours. Now that's a window. It's a window. It's a window. <laughs> uh, for some, it might not even be short. It might not even be as long. I remember my, one of my buddies. How did he describe his first time? He said, "What's the average length of a commercial?" Uh, yeah, I didn't make it through the commercial. <laughs> Oh, boy. Hey, our question of the day, by the way, at cjob.com, how will you celebrate Valentine's Day? Waiting for the cheap chocolate, 13%. 4% say card, flowers, dinner, the works. 83% say I'm not. And so far, no votes yet for watching a rom-com by myself. I'm going for a massage. Yes, that's perfect way to spend the day. And And I never even made the connection that it's Valentine's Day. I just, I, my back's been sore and my hip's been sore. So I thought I better go get a massage and start there. And if I need to seek out other treatment, I can go somewhere else. But uh, it's actually feeling a lot better. So, but Greg, you pointed out, well, even if it feels better, you could find some find worse ways to spend an hour than at uh, getting you know going to see a massage therapist. That's right. You got to maintain the body, man. The body does you good, and you got to do good for the body. Otherwise. Uh, your golf season's going to get off to a very rough start. It's already, it's a guaranteed rough, it's just a rough go the whole time. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. But of course, that's how I hurt myself, was playing virtual well, golf. you so. have to uh, love yourself then. You're choosing self-love today. I that am. That sounds dirtier than I mean. I just mean with the massage. But, I, you know, like the idea that 
I, I was reading this morning, we're going to talk about dating in 2023 later this morning and apps and all the rest. But one of the things that they're noticing out there is through apps or however you meet someone, people setting boundaries because the work-life balance has become more important and they want to be with somebody who understands it's not all about work. It's about self-care and taking care of yourself and relaxing and having a good time. So you got to start with you. Just take care of yourself. Get up. When you're out there today, you just, I love myself. Just keep saying that. If you don't love yourself. Happy Brett, Valentine's nobody Day. Nobody else can love you. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It, it is I it wasn't is meaning that to be cheesy. I think there's nothing better. I, That's, I, there's, I think there's, there's so much fact in that statement. Should I make it weirder and show up behind you in the massage? Because this sounds like a great idea. What time? I'm not telling you that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. Because I would be like, you know, this, can I just squeeze on in here? <laughs> so much to discuss today on Valentine's Day on dating. Uh, before I forget to mention this, at 7 o'clock, just after 7 o'clock, we have a huge concert announcement. And we will have tickets to give away for that as well. So uh, make sure you're tuned in at 7.05 for that. And then at 7.35, it's Tuesday, Breakfast with the Bombers. Is is today the day? Is free agency? Is it today or tomorrow? It's today. And uh, so there's going to be lots of love being shown in the Canadian Football League. There'll be new suitors. There'll be new coupling going on. There'll be you know, uh, there'll be some broken hearts today, not only the fans, but also some general managers and former teammates as as players will move on from, uh, you know, maybe a team they've been with for a year or maybe a team they've been with for four or five or six years. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, not expected to be very busy today. Their big splash we already know about, but we will officially learn this morning <laughs> that they have re-signed or reacquired via free agency Kenny Lawler who started his CFL career here in Winnipeg went to Edmonton last year for mega bucks but he's uh, coming back to the blue and gold so we'll hear that official announcement today Derek Taylor will tell us at 737 whether or not we should expect the Blue Bombers to do anything else today how are you feeling about their chances going into the 2023 CFL campaign? I like it a lot. Uh, Lawler uh, was a player I think the Bombers, by several accounts, had their eye on in the stretch run last year before the trade deadline. Had Lawler not been hurt, I think Kenny Lawler would have been back in blue and gold for the run last year. Uh, the only thing that I would like to see them do, I'm a big fan of Mark Legio in some respects, but I... I, I I still think they need to solidify that kicking position, in particular, the place kicking Is there position. someone out there that you'd like or just more the idea that they need to have either, if not a replacement, a good backup? That's some, I think they did. I, I don't have any particular names other than, uh, you know, getting on my hands and knees and begging Justin Medlock to come out right. of retire, <laughs> which I mean, is not going to happen. Uh, I believe that they have to have a backup plan and they have to be pursuing that. And I think they are. We, they need someone with the last name Footio because we've gone with the Legio and now we need <laughs> something else to make it make sense. Ah, you know what? I was really happy that they they tapped me to do this where there's a, a liner, as we call them, a bumper that's going to run at some point. And it's me saying, uh, ah, flowers, dinner, all that lovey-dovey <laughs> Valentine's Day crap. Yeah, yeah, all you lovers out there, have fun today. Blah. Okay, I think, Greg, we can agree this day is not for everyone. 
let alone love. I would agree with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. So love is messy. We're and we're gonna talk about that throughout the day. There, it's not easy to meet people. You get into a relationship, you fall out of it. You know, I watched a rom com on Netflix over the weekend, Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. Oh, your place or mine. Yeah, and it was cute, but it, it was, you know, the whole way through, you're like, just figure this out already. There's always a calamity of errors before love wins over all. And so we get it. Love is messy. And so on that note, we want to introduce you to this couple from Wyerton, Ontario. She's 73, he's 75, and they met decades ago. They fell in love decades ago, but they did not end up together. But there is an ending to the story that put me to tears because they did recently decide to change that. I was 14 and I went to a dance at our local high school. And this very nice young man came up to me and said, would you like to dance? I love your outfit. It was a nice suit. And he just thought it was so nice. And I said, certainly, I would love to. Anyway, we... uh... We dated for a while, and uh, anyway, the, the long and the short of it is our uh, we were getting a little too serious, and her dad threatened to send her to a convent. <laughs> so we we uh, we were separated uh, against our will, mm-hmm. but maybe for the best because uh, we were young. We were really very young. Well, things didn't end well with the other two marriages. Um, And we had both kind of made up our minds that we were going to be alone for the rest of our lives. Uh, And and with a bit of a sour taste in the mouth, too. Um, It was not through no fault of our spouses exactly but uh both of them had a problem with alcohol and in the end we weren't friends anymore well this gal and i are friends yes we are (laughs) great friends (laughs) we're gonna be together forever well when paul asked me to marry him one thing he said was you were my first girlfriend and i want you to be my last girlfriend Hey, <laughs> I'm trying not to cry right Sorry, now. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't know that was the end. Uh, yeah, that's pretty powerful stuff. I want to know if they if their first dance was a Stairway to Heaven or not. Uh, wow, what a wonderful story. You can just hear the love in their voices. They just adore one another. And that is the Hollywood ending, right? How often do you watch that that scripted thing where it doesn't work out for that moment in time? It didn't work for when they were 14 years old. They knew they loved each other and they went off and, and had different lives. And, that, you know, I, I don't want to speak to any regrets they might have. I think it's more this idea that the marriages they were in probably brought good things too. And But now they have this good moment for the end of their life as they acknowledge they'll be together until they hope the end of their time together. And so I I just, I, li- I like the idea that it, it's not all this, you meet somebody at 25 and you get married and you have kids right. and everything's rosy because it's not. I think we all get that. Wyerton, Ontario. Do you think that Wyerton Willie could have ever predicted <laughs> this story going this way for these two after so many years? It is, a, it is a really sweet story to see them come back together after so many years apart. And it, when you talk about 
some hopefully some good things did come out of their otherwise bad relationships and I, I hopefully that's something that we can all take away from past relationships because I think the the easy thing to do in a relationship ends is to think of that person as oh that person's crazy I did nothing wrong uh, it's all their fault right and I think that's irresponsible for one because you're then you don't learn anything you can't take away from your mistakes and if you and hopefully there's something you can look back on like I look at one relationship my failed engagement yeah it was a bad relationship for both of us and we I feel like I wasted five years of her life uh, but some good things did come out of that you know the 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 animals that we took in had great lives one of them is now over in Scotland enjoying and I, <laughs> I see pictures of him frolicking about in the hills of Scotland and I think that when I we first found him uh, just sitting in a cage at the uh, the shelter way down on Portage, looking so sad. I think if we weren't together, who knows where that little guy would have ended up. It's all the, it's like the sliding doors thing, right? Like, you know, the fork in the road and where you would have gone and who you would have been become. And I think there's so many couples out there that might say, if this hadn't happened, we wouldn't be together. Or we wouldn't stay together if this hadn't happened. Or if I hadn't had that marriage that didn't work, would the road have taken me? To the one that did. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? I don't want to... Someone out there is like, oh boy, she's soppy this morning. But no, that's that's life. If you are... This is my life philosophy. If you're happy in the moment, if you're happy right now, you cannot go back in time and wish that any one single thing would change because you never know what that one thing might have been that would have altered the complete course of your history. And then you're not here. Then you're somewhere else, as my my father-in-law says, you're having supper with strangers. And so if, if, if you're grateful for where you are at this moment, you have to be grateful for all the hard knocks, for all the lousy relationships to get you to the one that you cherish now. Since it's Valentine's Day, we want to know about your mixtape essentials. This was inspired by an exchange on The Shift, our overnight show, between host Shane Hewitt and uh, one of his frequent contributors, Handy Andy. They had this 20-second exchange. It's so before my time. Oh, man. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Yeah, see? You gotta turn out the lights. (laughs) This is this is baby-making music right here, Shane. Handy Andy is coming to save the day, baby. (laughs) Turn off the lights. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so we want to know about your favorite sexy songs, whether it's something that you use to help get into the mood, or maybe it's just a song you think is a sexy song and you really like it. 247806868. Cameron Poitras, why don't we start with you, sir? Well, it's not about me. Let's just say that. <laughs> and this is the easiest this is the easiest pick I've ever had to make in my entire life. Never know how much I love. Fever by Elvis Presley. Never know how much I care. This might be too much information, but my <laughs> my wife has said that she would be an Elvis groupie if she was around in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. She's admitted that. Is this his song originally? No, I think he covered. Like he he rarely did his own song, but like he covered him. But like he made it popular. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure who did the original. Yeah, I didn't know he did this song. 
But he had like came out with like his scarfs on. And he would throw them to the women in the audience, and they would just go wild. They'd lose their minds. Yes. How they could would. they not? The yeah. king of rock. I, that's a good pick. Yeah. Jeff Braun. What about Club you, Elvis. sir? Favorite sexy song set in the mood. I went with a classic, and I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm waiting for a punchline. There's no punchline. Just, yeah. Song's the punchline. <laughs> uh, get ready for the JB Circus. Setting the expectation very high, <laughs> Jeff, I see. Always. All right. Uh, who do we go to next? Greg Mackling, why don't we go with you, sir? Well, you know, back in the day, things used to, you know, start at the end of the night. Time to slow it down. You're... Last chance for romance. Maybe it's the way you touch me With the warmth of the sun Maybe it's the way you smile So this is a blend of Sheriff's version and Took's version. Did you put these together? I did, yes. Okay. Remember when he wasn't talking to us for a good 20 minutes this morning? I could hear music coming out of his headphones, and I was like, Greg is compiling some baby-making music right now. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I like to sing. When it comes to singing, my saying is just because you can't doesn't mean you shouldn't, and that applies to many other things as well. <laughs> 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 okay, some good picks here. Loren, why don't we go with you next? Well, I'm, I have to admit, I went down a rabbit hole of several songs this morning, and I couldn't pick one. But I'm trying to think of, you know, when you're you're waiting. Well, this the lyrics of this song sort of say it all. You're just like, you know, you're in your house, and your expectations are high. I almost drove home at 540 after listening to this song. So here it is. Like a flower waiting. This is Nora Jones mm. and that piano, man. Like a light bulb. What is it about the piano? Mm, so sexy. In a dark room. I feel like, I'm just sitting here. I feel like this is something I've been sitting at a hotel bar by myself. <laughs> you know, waiting for someone to just come along. I have to say that it's a great song. It's a great song. Yeah, it is. And the whole point is, you know, I'm sitting here waiting for you to come on home and turn me on. Now. If my husband walked into the door and I'm at the piano with like the lights down and I was singing this, I have a feeling it wouldn't lead to where I'd like it to go, but this song is sexy as hell. That would probably be creepy. Yeah. If you want to, and you're like, sitting at the you piano. You put a lot of thought into this. This is not where I want tonight to go. Uh, Forte, what about you, bud? I uh, like I have like a whole mixtape. Like I didn't know which song to pick. Uh, I'll start off with the. Uh... Oh, exile, baby. <laughs> I gotta give props to Happy Gilmore for this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, baby. Did <laughs> he sing it to his girlfriend? Till the night closes in. the night closes in. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if I should pick this one or... Uh, oh, yeah. A little genuine. Hmm? Some pony. There's no ambiguity in this song. No, he wants it. So wants it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, Forte. I, I, I oh, got God. I got another one. It's it's a terrible one. Well, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I saw you had that song in the chamber and was wondering how are you going to use that one. Some Labouche. Be my lover. Some mid-1990s Eurodance. Nothing says loving like Eurodance. <laughs> I think that's something we can all agree to. <laughs> Nothing says loving like 90s Eurodance. Well, and then uh, how about this one uh, as we get ready to, to head out here? This is uh, something that I found on a random soundtrack in my college radio station for uh, adult entertainment. This is a theme song for something called Cramming for College. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. Oh my God. So, hey, it's kind of a funky tune, though. It's just a fun song to play. But uh, this is actually my real one. This is uh, from a Canadian band called Jack Soul. It's not a love song. It's actually a breakup song, but it's called Still Believe in Love. And every time I put this song on, my buddies say, like, are you trying to seduce us, dude? I'm like, I just like this song, man. You're like in the golf cart. They're trying to get their game on and rest is... Exactly. Like, it's exactly what happened. Here, here I am, people. So 204-780-6868, your sexy songs for a chance to win concert tickets that we are announcing this concert just after 7 o'clock. It is a big one, so don't go anywhere. Jeff Braun has Global News at 7. Next. McGarry and McNabb concert announcement. We've got tickets to give away. Loren, who's coming to town? The Chicks, formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, Grammy Award winning global superstars. I'm super excited to hear about this. I've always wanted to see them in concert. They've been putting out hits since the, since the mid 90s. This is one of them, 1998, but man, they've had like dozens of top charted hits since then. So they're coming to Canada Life Centre Tuesday, September 12th as part of their world tour. Tickets go on sale Friday, February 17th at 10 a.m. our time. The pre-sale runs Thursday, February 16th at 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. The password is chorus, not chorus radio. Chorus like you're in a chorus choir. That's right. C-H-O-R-U-S. Greg? Yes? You were fairly excited about this, too. I've seen the Dixie, the Chicks. Of course you have. As the Dixie Chicks three times. <laughs> and they are absolutely fantastic. Do not miss this. They kicked off their world tour in Winnipeg back in 2000. Oh, wow. And this is actually a concert that Jackie and I went to see the night that the NIC nurse, NICU nurses decided that we were getting a night off from looking after the boys back in August of 2006. They said, we've decided you are getting a night off. So we went to the keg and we went to see the Dixie Chicks and they are spectacular in concert. So this is actually uh, sexy, sexy music for you too because it this is. marks the night out together with the Chicks. Now, I think this is super fun for Winnipeg. They're a great band. And you know how you do air guitar? You know, for different things, or you might do air drums. I do the air fiddle to any chick song. Like, I'm just up there on the couch. Oh, the air fiddle. I'm like, yes, bring it. We should play, I should have picked Sinwagon. The fiddle in Sinwagon, oh. this family is, these sisters are so talented on the fiddle, man, and she has a great voice. Woo! 
The Chicks. The Chicks. September 12th, we have tickets to give away at 9.15 based on your stories about your sexy songs. What is your favorite sexy song and why? And then we will pick that winner at 9.15. And a reminder, it's Tuesday, so Tuesdays means breakfast with the Bombers. Derek Taylor is going to join us at 7.35 to talk CFL free agency and the Winnipeg Jets back on the ice tonight. So we'll have the keys to the game with Cameron Poitras for you just after 8.10. Over the past six weeks, we've been looking at how inflation is hurting Canadians. Yeah, and that's hit us in a number of ways, right? And so if you've done the math... You might figure out how much more life is costing hundreds of dollars a month. And the farther away you live from a major urban center, it's likely more just with the pure cost of groceries. And in many First Nation communities, the cost of eating is even more of a concern. In 2019, so this is pre-pandemic, pre the most recent inflationary pressures, 48% of First Nations homes said they struggled to put food on the table four times the national average. Global's Melissa Ridgen with more. This is like me for the month. Starts at 1800 While many across the country are making tough choices to stretch dollars. I'm happy that's only once a month because if it was every two weeks, like my truck payment, I would probably be crying. Chantel Green survives with more money going out than coming in. She manages her band's car wash and laundromat. Getting around here means a truck is a necessity. And an expensive one. Going down. With my gas tank now, it's really a struggle. Anywhere from like a quarter tank to half a tank, it cost me from $50 to $100. Don't forget your shopping bag. Let's go get some coffee creamer. Do you think we need anything else? Fisher River, Cree Nation, and nearby Pegwas First Nation have two main grocery stores to choose from. They're three hours from the convenience of shopping around for sales like many in the cities get to do. Staff at one of the grocers says that he feels awful every time he puts out ever-increasing price stickers knowing that so many are struggling. This is typically what my freezer looks like. The only reason this bottom half is filled is because we received a meat pack from our band this Christmas. For Green, the struggle is that feeding her daughter means not feeding herself. With uh, two adults in the house, we made the sacrifice thing. Okay, we could sacrifice meat, we could sacrifice milk. There you go. Sacrifices she feels have taken a toll on their health. I definitely think so because my dad is a renal cancer patient who is also a diabetic. My diet is horrible. I pretty much eat canned, like stuff like foods or stuff you'd find in the freezer section. The fruits I buy, vegetables, I try to make sure I get them into my dad. The only way she can get protein and vegetables into Shantae is this certain name brand soup. With rising costs and no end in sight, she focuses on the positive, that her situation isn't as bad as some. I've been preparing for this my whole life, kind of, in a way. Could I get that receipt? Melissa Ridgen, Global News, Fisher River, Cree Nation. For years, we've been hearing about the, uh, you know, the food deserts uh, in and around Winnipeg, and no more are those food deserts uh, apparent than they are up north. And even if those foods are ready, readily available uh, through some miracle of transportation, the price is incredible. 
Uh, we know that milk can uh, supersede $10 a four-liter jug on First Nations. And if you want to get a deal, Loren, as was mentioned in that story, it means a sacrifice of time. It means a sacrifice of gas, transportation coming to the city to get those deals. And you may not have the financial wherewithal to stock up on things that you might find a deal on, say at Costco or at some of the big box stores. So you're, you're, you're really stuck in a great deal of cases and the idea of of making your choices between this canned item and that frozen item is something that people that live up north are, are incredibly used to. Yeah, they sacrifice nutrition, right? At a time when they're being told by their doctors all the ways they need to do things to be healthier, which includes food. So you can read more at globalnews.ca or cjob.com. The headline is meet a Manitoba mom forced to basically eat stuff from a can to survive financially. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. <laughs> because it's Valentine's Day, we're talking about your favorite sexy songs. Woo! <laughs> I have not heard this in years. Loren sent us this text. Loren, what did she have to say on this? Our Valentine love song is Love Machine by the Miracles. Picture this. My husband in a gold lame European-style swimsuit singing a song. I'll leave out the details, she says, but I gave an A-plus for effort and creativity. Still makes me laugh to this day when I hear this song over 35 years. Yeah. Yeah, baby, you and your love machine. Have a great day. Who else imagines and remembers Bruce Willis flexing in the mirror in yes. that episode <laughs> of Friends? <laughs> yeah. Was this a song that yes. he was playing? I'm just a love machine. Oh! Yeah. oh. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Herb listening in Puerto Vallarta this morning. A happy Valentine's Day from PV. This day is not only the day to celebrate the love for a significant other, but also a day to have love in your heart for others. Be in love and take care of each other. Thank you, Herb, and enjoy cerveza for us on the beach today. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good thought, because this day can be an automatic, I'm bitter kind of day. And if you just choose to take that sort of mm-hmm. attitude instead. Because I used to, I've been through that phase where I hated Valentine's Day. And actually not because I was bitter about it. It was because the person I was with at the time just categorically hated it. Threatened to dump me <laughs> if I bought her anything for Valentine's Day. and uh, th- But because of the reason she would eventually outline, I, I learned to hate it. And then I, I've now since gone back where I think, well, if you like it, great. If not, whatever. Don't like it. Like it. Do whatever you want. At the very least, today, if you don't want to think about love or lovers, think of the loving. The loving. The loving. The loving. The loving. Get the loving on. Get some loving. <laughs> or get a heart-shaped pizza from Boston Pizza. Or, or that, You too. know what? Love yourself however you want to love yourself. <laughs> Have at her. Helping out the Children's Hospital Foundation and their heart center. Uh, once again, a dollar from every heart-shaped pizza purchased today goes towards that. A dollar from every chocolate explosion cake goes towards that. And 100% of donations from the paper donations will go to that as well. Breakfast with the Bombers! As free agency opens this morning, we don't expect a lot of action on the Blue Bombers front. And after a 15-win season plus a third straight Grey Cup appearance, why would you change much? These are the words of our next guest. The voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor. Good morning, DT. 
Good morning. Your words, the sentiments of many. Why would you change much? Well, and and that's the thing, right? Like when when you have all these star players and like legitimate star players in Willie Jefferson, Zach Kalaros, Jackson Jeffcoat, Adam Big Hill, uh, why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to run it back with those guys, right? Uh, Stanley Bryant, maybe the greatest outsta- offensive lineman in the league's history. Wh- why change much if you can convince them all to come back? You have to do some stuff to accommodate having all those great players. You have to settle for lesser in other spots you can't go to market and go oh hey by the way one of the top cornerbacks is free as of noon eastern today uh you probably can't go get them but yeah uh when you win what was it 16 out of 20 games last season yeah let's let's run it run it back again even though we didn't win the great cup well for all of our uh, school age listeners this morning kyle walters with the example of how you manage a major project assigned in december that's due in february today is due day you got to hand in your assignment Alignment. And I would say Kyle Work Walters gets an A plus. Yeah, offensive line was re-signed with with more than a month to spare. He had Zach Kalaris under contract uh, until 2025, even before the Grey Cup. And then, yeah, pretty quickly into the free agency period, they they went and so, you know convinced the best receiver available, Kenny Lawler, a guy they know from having had him play here for two years, and a guy they saw last year be just dynamite in a terrible offense in Edmonton. Go, hey, you know what? We should probably convince Kenny to come back. Uh, apparently they have done so, and they expect to, at 11 o'clock, sign him to a brand-new deal. So, yeah, he really made the made the focus on, hey, let's get this done. We can. There's certain benefits to doing it before the new year that they can exploit. And, uh, yeah, uh, all those guys, there, there hasn't been a lot to panic about. Certain, you know, Greg Ellingson will get away. Rasheed Bailey may get away, but... Uh, yeah, really got it done early, so that's that's good work. Something I did not do as a student very often. <laughs> well, what about the possibility of Blue Bomber defensive line losing Casey Sales to the Ticats today? Does, is that a big problem for the blue and gold? Panic well, might not be the uh, word, Derek, but... Yeah, it's it's going to cause some potentially some issues, right? The, the year before, it was Steven Richardson who was on the defensive line, and Richardson was a monster. So Sales, uh, you know, ends up taking that starting job this past season, and he wasn't as effective as Richardson, but but what he could do is play a couple of positions on that defensive line. So when you were worried about Jackson Jeffcoat, you know, dealing with injury all season. Well, let's take Jackson out for this this series of plays, and we can have Casey bump out there. Uh, Sales got paid by the Hamilton Tiger Cats is the report that they're going to give him $200,000 a year for two years, which is a fantastic number if you're Casey Sales. But if you're the Bombers, you probably can't justify that when you have to accommodate Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat in the salary cap. So uh, potentially that becomes Ricky Walker, who was the backup there last year, and a rookie American that you hope your scouts can bring to camp and and take a look at. So it's it's certainly a loss, but uh, it's not when you have the other resources you do on that defensive line, certainly not insurmountable in my mind. Derek, are the Blue Bombers in the market for a new place kicker? <sighs> There's the question that we all want to answer, and we all that had was a sigh, to... Derek. That was a serious sigh. Well, because it, it's it's a hard it's a hard one, right? Because the team was set to roll, and it was the best you know the best offense in the CFL and one of the top defenses in the Canadian Football League, and then in certain spots, uh, undone by the kicking game. So the problem the problem is teams know what they have when they have. Uh, 
Calgary's Rene Paredes has been there for a decade. He's never getting away. They're never letting him get away. Uh, so there is there is a kicker available in free agency as of this morning, but I don't think they're super interested in Michael Damagala of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So you don't have a lot of options today. I, in my mind, to go to go get a kicker if you want to replace uh, Mark Leggio, you'd have to be going with a younger guy or a journeyman CFLer who you pr- probably have seen before, unless you can convince one of the guys to come back from the NFL. Uh, it it feels like it'll be Mark Leggio again, at least at least for February fourteenth, it'll be Mark Leggio. But that is going to be a topic of conversation, um, pretty much right until this year's Grey Cup, honestly, because we're we're going to want to see it actually happen. If they do do intend to go with Leggio again, we're going to want to see him hit the field goals that uh, that weren't hit this past season. Well, we have to have a little bit of consternation going into training camp and, and through the season. We have to have something to complain about. Uh, how about this? <laughs> <laughs> Teams only have so much money to spend, DT. Is there an element of pressure for players to make their decisions quickly today? I would I would think so. I think you're going to see some guys that, that get left out in the cold, and that's just how it happens, right? Um you know, if you can agree to a deal for a couple hundred thousand dollars or three hundred thousand dollars, as some of these ones for receivers have ended up to be, you know, you obviously do that, and then the rest of the guys kind of fall in line. You're not going to if you're a if you're a free agent receiver, you weren't going to get first priority and good money before it was settled with guys like Lawler, who the Bombers will get, or Eugene Lewis, who the who the Elks will get. And then you kind of have to you have to decide, and it's all it's all a gamble because you know there are other guys that are free and probably at your level if you're still available right now. So yeah, some guys are going to get left out in the cold, and they're not going to make next this coming season what what they would like to make. But it's going to mean bargains for teams and potentially you know fans get a, get a player they maybe thought they couldn't get just because yeah you only have five point what are we five point five million dollars to spend times nine teams. And uh, yeah, if if someone's taking up a bunch of that because they're a superstar, you, you may end up with a little less than you thought. Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. So one of the things uh, our friends down the hall at Global News Morning are talking about en masse this morning is the state of our downtown, Loren. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you work downtown or you live downtown or you come downtown for any events, depending on the day of the week, Greg, you might have different opinions about what you're seeing or thinking or feeling. And it's been a hard couple of years and you might think that what stands out to you is either, you know, the degree of homelessness, the bus shelters that are smashed, or maybe the the storefronts that are now empty or boarded up. And yes, those do exist, but Lauren Remiard of the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce was just on with Global News Morning, and he wanted to highlight some of the good things, which I don't think we do enough of. So here's what he had to point out. We're seeing that, yes, there are businesses that are vacating the downtown, but in so many of those cases, they're being replaced by new businesses. We take a look at some of the businesses just around us. We've got Hobbyism that's just opened a clothing store. We have Devil May Care Brewing. Uh, We have the old Earls being now retrofitted to be turned into an Atlantic-style pub by the owner of uh, Kingshead. So we're seeing that investment still in our downtown. And what's important about that is business makes investment in areas that they have confidence in, in a market that they have confidence in. That is very important to know. Business still has confidence in our downtown. I remember when Earl's opened on Main Street, so many people said out loud, what are they thinking? 
Why are they going to that location? That's never going to work. You're down talking there. about original, the, the original, original building made in York. Yeah, well, so the, right decades on York. ago, people were saying that. Yeah, but they also said the same thing when right. they moved to 300 Main, and I think that's probably why you asked me to qualify that, because in both circumstances, people were wondering about the parking. Who was going to go there? Who was going to afford to go there? Well. If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But I can tell you this, if it is your thing, you better have a reservation to get into the new Earls at 300 Main. Otherwise, you're not likely getting in. And then right next door is something called OEB. It's a breakfast spot. It's upscale. And it's as busy as can be as well. So, you know, for for the time that we spend focusing on the negative and what's leaving, I think Lauren's right with regard to talking about what's coming in, what's growing, what's changing, who's doing renovations, who's expanding. Just in our building, we've got a version of 529 Wellington coming into the building in the next several months. So there is an o- sense of optimism for that I think matches or surpasses the pessimism around downtown. And fortunately, it's the people that have some big money that are willing to invest in the downtown. And I think there are some more big things coming on the way for the downtown that just might indicate that uh, the, the best is yet to come. I, of course, now have gone on to the menu of this breakfast joint you just mentioned, OEB, <laughs> and I'm lost in there. But just, you know, <laughs> there's a dish called the threesome, and I'm questioning what the threes are here. <laughs> Sorry, I got completely distracted as I was talking there. But I have to say that the, what we're talking about is you, you can't complain that you don't like it unless you've been. And not been five years ago or been five months ago. Like, come downtown now and just see how you feel about it, because it might change the way you're thinking uh, even check out the exchange and how busy it is all the time. It's awesome. And are the threes Canadian bacon, smoked bacon, and ham? Is that what they mean? Three kinds of pork? I don't know. I haven't been there yet. Careful now. Have you been there? No. Oh, oh hey. <laughs> Dear Lord, I'm getting myself in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> yes, some businesses are leaving, but some are coming. Many are coming either the downtown for the first time or they're uh, coming back or what have you and uh, so there's a lot of things to be optimistic about and uh, we've also now or the global news has now since spoken to the chief yeah and so we want to just talk about the idea of, of just the whole perception versus reality and we get that if you think something's bad that might just become your reality and so we had him run through the gamut list of great new pubs that are downtown restaurants businesses and still, we had listener text to say that the downtown is pathetic. The only time they f- it was safe, they say, was back in the Bay and Eaton's days. And now it's just like another Main Street. They talked about panhandlers, meth-addicted people. And so in their mind, they think it's a joke. Uh, but what Chief Denny Smythe was pointing to is the past couple of years, not just being challenging for the fact that businesses couldn't operate as normal, but we didn't have the people. And he feels the tide is perhaps turning again. We, we certainly saw an increase in some crime downtown, but... Perception plays a big reality, and, and uh, when there's not a lot of people around, you know, that, that, that kind of enhances that a little bit. As we see more people, I think people feel safer. They feel safer in numbers. Uh, it's been good, you know. You come down on a, on a jet night or a concert night, you see thousands of people downtown, and it brings a sense of security uh, with people, a good presence downtown with, with our partners, with the cadets, with our foot patrol. So... You know, that's what really what we're trying to strive for, to make people feel safer. Hmm. 
Yeah, I hear what the the police chief is saying, and I'm I'm gung ho about the downtown and what what it can be and and what it has been in the past. I don't agree with, uh, uh, respectfully disagree with listener Pat about the the only time that the yeah the, the, that that Portage Avenue was safe and picturesque is when we had the Bay and Eaton's. There was a there is a reason that Portage Place was built once upon a time as and and the need quote unquote was seen because things were not terrific in downtown Winnipeg throughout the 70s and into the early 80s i think we romanticize a little bit uh, what things were like back in the day portage portage place or portage avenue pardon me might have been busier but uh, in terms of the shopping options and some of the things that were down on portage avenue at least in my early years i would argue that that's been been uh, greatly romanticized uh, but in terms of what we could see downtown i think that, that we're starting to see some momentum again and and the big question i have though is when are we going to start helping people a that need help resources to you know battle their addiction uh whatever might be going on in their, their lives but also at the same time tell people you know what you can't be here you can't do that here not because we don't care about you, but because you just can't. You can't live in the skywalk. You can't live in a bus shelter. And at some point, the need, the want of the larger public is going to have to have some some voice here. You couldn't loiter when I was a kid outside the 7-Eleven in Minnedosa, right? You just That's couldn't. Right. Even if you were, nothing bad was going on. And so you're talking more about cracking down on the behaviors that keep people from feeling safe and so where's the balance there and, and then the other the other part of the equation here is that there's still a stretch on that portage avenue brett you walk downtown maybe you take the river trail more often in the winter if i'm correct to get back to the village but that stretch right from where we are where they've done so much at portage of maine the buildings have been redone they look amazing the stretch of maine north and south from us looks great broadway has some great qualities all these little side streets have these little pubs and businesses but basically from where we are west on Portage to basically Broadway. There's just a stretch there where every other shop feels rough. Yeah, and Portage and Carlton is a corner that right. I avoid at all costs. Right. Like I, I walked, I was shocked when I walked past it a few months ago. And we got to do the keys to the game here, so I'll just wrap this up quick. But uh, they've basically built like a, it, like that Air Canada building looks more like a fortress now. They've put up this giant fence. Uh, that sort of leads into the into the main doors, and uh, that's concerning and 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 troubling, especially because I used to work in that building, and that park's really nice. Throughout the day here on 680 CJOB, we want to talk about dating in 2023, and in this segment, online dating. There are many apps out there, and a lot of us are using them. According to Pew Research Center, 44% of U.S. adults have used dating apps to try and find a long-term partner. For the under-35 group, that number jumps to more than half of U.S. adults using apps to find love or a little uh-uh, casual love, so to speak. Yeah, so Greg referenced that number, 44% looking for a long-term partner, but some 40% just are looking for... You know, like they're just looking to get together. It might be for friendship or other. And so our next guest works for Bumble, one of the most popular dating apps out there. Her title, sex and relationship expert. We say good morning to Shan Boudram. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day. Same to you. Is this a big day for you guys? Like, I'm curious what goes on out there because 
I, you know, I know a lot of people who are not dating or who might be getting into dating who don't love this day. Is there any metrics on that or more just a feeling around the office? Well, first and foremost, this is a big day for me. Huge fan of 680. I can picture myself driving in the morning to school, listening to you guys. And so being able to chat with you is a huge honor and a really lovely Valentine's Day note. So that's my love note to you. Thank oh, you for I love it. You. And absolutely, today is a huge day. Bumble is choosing to focus today on self-love, the love that everybody can take part in celebrating rather than the exclusionary romantic love. But nonetheless, I hope across the board it is a big day for everybody. So tell us about the, how how Bumble you know works for those that don't know, and just uh, maybe uh, talk a little bit about those statistics. About you know it's pretty much evenly split. Those that are looking for maybe a one night uh, get together hookup sort of situation, or looking for long term love. Is that is that the trend for a long time now? I would say that it's actually a little bit more. I mean, Bumble had a survey of over 14,000 respondents globally, and they found that there was slightly more people who were interested in finding a long-term partner. And then there were people who weren't sure what they were looking for. And that actually speaks to one of the number one trends they found this year, which is something that is called open casting. Essentially, you know, back in the day, people used to date and they're like, they have to be this much, you know, this tall with making this much money and live here and do this and X, Y, and Z. They have this big to-do list for a person. This year, people are doing away with that. And they're saying, show me what you got. So this notion that there's only a certain kind of person who's going to find love or a certain type of person who's going to get tons of matches has really gone away this year with one in three respondents saying that they are open to something they've never experienced before. And for those who have never used uh, one of these dating apps, uh, and it's been a couple of years since I've used Bumble, but uh, Bumble had an interesting uh, sort of feature. I believe it was designed partly to to make it a safer place for women. Is that still in play? And and what was that, uh, that situation? Yeah, 100%. Bumble was created with, it's a women's first app. And so Women are the first ones to make the move. They do the messaging. And so if they match with you and then they decide, you know what, I just don't feel comfortable or I don't feel inclined to message, then they don't. It also just creates an environment where women are advocating for themselves. And safety is huge and top of mind at Bumble. They're always coming out with new features to ensure that people are not just having the best and easiest and most fun time making connections, but also that they feel safe and secure. One of my favorite ones that they've created recently is Verified Profile where people now have the option to verify themselves so that we eliminate the catfishing fear that was, you know, existing for a very long time. But I think that what's great about Bumble or dating apps in general, that they really are listening to what people want and responding versus the other way around. So if you've never online dated before and you've heard your friends complain three years ago, go and check out some of the apps now and see what some of the new features are. They really are finding ways to make you make dating a lot easier so you can swipe smarter, not harder. So when you talk about the idea of open casting, you know, this idea that people are going to look beyond their type, I think that's fascinating because that means people are just willing to try different things. And on the trying one, I wanted to ask the question about sex because, you know, you know, there's the trend would be that people are trying to be more open also to saying, I want to stay more upfront sooner in the relationship where I'm at with things versus waiting three, six, nine weeks to get into it and then discovering there is no match on that front. Exactly. So there's an actual trend that's called ethical sex exploration in which 42% are saying sex is no longer taboo. And furthermore, women are feeling a lot more agency over their dating lives when they do talk about sex and are encouraging their partners to be more open as well. This isn't a topic that they're shying away from, 
But again, the word ethical is there in French, so that does not mean non-consensual photos. Um, furthermore, this doesn't mean that everybody's having sex. In fact, more than one in three Canadian respondents share that they are not having sex and they're completely fine with this. Like they're using the app, but that's not what the, the outcome is for them. Exactly. So they're, swipe, they're making connections and they're talking to people and they're using video chat, but 35% are still not sexually engaged with anybody right now. So, Shan, this whole idea of, uh, first of all, being a little bit more open, do you think the digital platform allows you to be a little bit more open as opposed to sitting across uh, from a, a table at a restaurant and sharing your most intimate thoughts? Is there a benefit to that platform? Absolutely. The benefit is an opportunity to explore different sides of yourself and to explore talking to different types of people. When we talk about meeting somebody in real life, We are limited to who goes where we are and who frequents the spots that we frequent. Whereas now, I mean, Bumble has stories of people meeting who live on the same street who just never saw each other before. So one, the world is your oyster in terms of opportunities to meet different kinds of people. And two, exactly how you just put that. It is a chance for you to try to be a different, bold version of yourself, especially, you know, in the new year, if you've made resolutions to advocate for your boundaries more dating apps are an incredible place to go practice that kind of dialogue to see how it feels and fits for you of course on the flip side there are people who pretend there's something that they're not but that's what video chat is for a feature that after the pandemic increased in use by over 60 percent so you definitely can get a feel for who somebody really is before you invest your time and energy into them but for people who are just trying to put new sides themselves out there and really go with that whole new year, new me mantra. Dating apps are a really great place to get your feet wet. Our guest is Shan Boudram from Bumble, a super popular dating app. And let's say you're somebody like me. I've been single a couple of years, not really ready to just jump in looking for a serious relationship, but it's been a while for certain activities. And um, if I were to go on, the app, like you use the word ethical, part of me has always felt sort of unethical just if that's all I'm looking for is to meet somebody and have some casual fun. Part of me still feels kind of gross about that. So is there a way to to make that clear on the app without coming off like some sort of a, like a stereotypical jerk? You teed me up perfectly. First and foremost, the amount of people who are joining dating apps looking for what they call second chance love, people who ended a long-term relationship recently, people who are divorced is exponentially higher this year than it was in previous years. So people who are like, well, dating apps are only for people who are are single and unattached and don't have any history to them. That is not the case at all. But one of my favorite features that Bumble has now is called the badges. And badges are essentially a way to put front and center what matters to you. I think traditionally we think of dating apps as pictures only. We don't even care about the bio. That's really shifting where we're trying to find ways to put up front just as big as a photo, the things that you actually need to know about a person. And the intentions badge is one of the most popular badges. And that just says, here's why I'm here. Now, the most used intention badge is obviously to state that you're looking for a long-term love because those people want to be super clear. But I think it would be extremely attractive if somebody had a badge that just said, I'm looking for something casual. So those are ways that you can eliminate the mystery, still get the point across, and feel like you're ethically using the app. Speaking of eliminating the mystery, I'm going on one of your articles just about the dating trends for 2023. So you've covered some of them, but at the bottom there's this ethical sexploration, and it goes on to the idea 
of ethical non-monogamy. And, and I've had friends of mine use apps and say, I, would, I, I, I don't want to be halfway through this and discover that this person's into far more than I am. And so that might be that they're in a marriage but are in an open marriage or that they're in this kind of relationship and looking for the, the third or the fourth or what have you. Where does that lie in terms of how honest it gets on this platform? Yeah, I think that traditionally the things that you would wait to ask on a third date you can put in your profile and that's the culture of online dating. And you can certainly ask before the first time you meet up with somebody. And I love the fact that we are now building out commitment structures, that there is a lot more variety. People who are monogamous might look at this and think it's overwhelming, but it's a friend to you. Essentially ethical non-monogamy is taking people who would have a very difficult time being good monogamous partners and removing them from that category and now giving them an own, their own space where they can thrive and be successful and be honest. So it's a great thing to meet somebody and be like, wow, you know what? We never would have gelled because the way that you commit and the way that I commit look very differently. And now we have language to describe our differences. Shan Boudram from Bumble. We'll have to leave it there. But thank you so much for joining us. This has been really insightful. And uh, maybe it's the nudge I need to dip my toe back in the water, so to speak. It's been a while. The next time that we talk, we should definitely share your stories. I would love to come back for that. Okay, for sure thing. Yeah, and, and I've used Bumble. I've used a few of these apps, and I, I really like Bumble. I always found uh, it was this, and I really like the verify the verify the profile thing because the other popular app. It's it, when I was on it, it was so full of bots mm-hmm. and fake accounts. Whereas Bumble, uh, even like I didn't need to verify there, there, there were didn't have any of that garbage to put up with. Think so. about how far we've come and, and you can love it or hate it. But 30 years ago, 20 years ago, sorry, when people were online dating and they mentioned how they met, it'd be we met online dating. And it oh, was this taboo thing. Yeah. We had Kellyanne text this morning that she met her love of her life after two weeks dating through an app and she couldn't be happier. And that's a she's shouting that with pride I because think, she wouldn't be here without that. I think there's probably less people meeting people in the quote unquote traditional way now. It's You're probably surprised to learn that they didn't meet online. Yeah, the, the thought of just walking up to a woman and saying hi. No. Do you, you, you want to go uh, out to dinner with me? And you could never have said 20 years ago, I don't want to buy you dinner, but I would like to fill in the blank. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's why I asked the question about feeling like a jerk. Um, we uh, have nine, 60 seconds for I Jets tickets here. Way too many times. This <laughs> well, we're asking you, so text keeps texting us about your sexy songs for a chance to win tickets to see the chicks. But if you want to see the Jets take on the Avalanche on February 24th, random Greg Jets trivia, go, Mackling. You guys mentioned March 2nd, 1982 as a random date. <laughs> I found it. I've got the question. Three well Winnipeg done. Jets have scored. Five goals in a single game. Patrick Liney was the last to do it and the only 2.0 era player to do it. Alexei Zhamnov did it. Which other 1.0 Winnipeg Jet player scored five goals on March 2nd, <laughs> 1982? Go! 204-780-6868. That is amazing. Uh, well done, Mackling, and good for you, Loren, too. I was kind of thinking the same thing, and sure enough, he found the answer. Wait, did he have that? Did you have that off the top of your head? Some of it. Some I of know. It. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of it. Photographic memory of this guy. Mackling, you posed a question in our last hour. I did. The question was thus 
Three Winnipeg Jets have scored five goals in a single NHL game. Patrick Laine is the only player to do it and the last player to do it. Uh, 2.0 era. Alexei Jamnov did it for the Jets in the 1.0 era. And I wanted to know who the first Jet was to score five goals in any era. March 2nd, 1982. Here's the answer. Two on two to the flyer line. Christian with Lindstrom. Drops it to Lindstrom. Score! Five goals for Willie Lindstrom. As if you found audio for this. As if he didn't just have that in his vault somewhere. I'll thank Joe Pascucci for that. I can always <laughs> I can always know where I can go for uh, for audio of certain things. So that's Willie. His nickname was The Wisp. He played for the Jets in the WHA Went to the Jets in the NHL, went on to win, I think, three Stanley Cups with Edmonton and Pittsburgh. Six points and a 7-6 win in Philly versus the Flyers. But this is why March 2nd stuck out for me, Loren, because it's also the, it's also the day that Timu Solani broke the rookie goal-scoring record, scoring his 52nd, 53rd, and 54th goals of the year versus Quebec on March 2nd, 1993. And in 1980, <laughs> fresh off winning the gold medal at the Lake Placid Olympic Games, future captain Dave Christian scored seven seconds into his first ever NHL shift. That all happened in Jets history on March 2nd. A random date that Loren pulled out of the ether. Daniel Craig was also born March 2nd. Now I'm just looking up random March 2nd facts. <laughs> like James Bond? Yeah, James Bond. <laughs> That's cool. The Sound of Music premiered on March 2nd. Very cool. One of your favorites? One of my favorites. I, I could go on, but I'll save it. <laughs> but I appreciate the randomness of that and your knowledge, Craig. Uh, so what was the, who won the contest? What was the name of our winner? Wes Corshen. Wes Corshen, congratulations. Enjoy the game Friday, February 24th. We've got more tickets to give away for the rest of the week on The Star. So now uh, we we had a conversation earlier in the show about downtown and downtown safety and businesses coming and going and coming back to downtown. And of course, whenever we discuss uh, downtown, there is feedback on some of the the, the challenges, uh, Loren, and, and that actually ties into uh, one of the things we're about to discuss here, and that has to do with poverty. Well, first of all, if you, if you talk about the downtown, there's been reports out in years past about the food deserts and the fact that you can live in a lot of places in the city but be nowhere near a grocery store. And that might exist in the downtown area for many people who might be on the lower income scale but have to either go farther for food or there are the stores that are downtown but their rent is higher or their, their overhead is tight. And so then therefore you're being charged more for groceries. And so you have people who are on a lower income actually sometimes paying more for groceries. And just out this morning is the annual child and family poverty report from Manitoba. And for years, we've been the worst in the country. Manitoba has been the worst in the country when it comes to our record of child and family poverty. And the news out today is that hasn't changed. And so governments have made some steps to improve that. But their numbers show that the new package that was released by the province in the fall only reduced child poverty in this province by about 2%. So we just have a long list of people who are really struggling. And we got us talking about this idea, Greg, about sometimes where you live, rurally, northern Manitoba, flying communities, you're really struggling to pay for food just because of where you live, period. And that could include different parts of Winnipeg as well. I never, ever had to think twice. You know, when your kids are growing up, I, I'm raising twin boys, and so they they like milk and they drink a lot of milk, not as much as they used to. But I never had to think twice about the fact that I didn't go to the corner store to get milk or it was a dollar or a dollar fifty more per four liter jug. I was ju- I would just drive to Shoppers Drug Mart, which always had the best deal on milk. 
in the city of Winnipeg. I could do that. I had a car. I had no concerns about uh, having a driver's license or putting gas in my car. So I could drive a little bit further in order to save two or three or four or five or maybe $10 a week some weeks with regard to milk. Lots of people don't have that option. They don't have the transportation. They don't, you know, maybe they're on foot. The closest place they can get to buy their food, they have to walk there. Or maybe it's a cab ride, so they can't do multiple stops. There are all sorts of different things, I think. Uh, Those of us who have all the options, forget about. And we got this text this morning after 7 when we played the story from Global's Melissa Ridgen on just the challenges in First Nations communities, those remote communities we talked about, the fly-ins. Tracy lives up north. She texted this point, and I, and I want to say it's Gillum. Tracy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you've texted temperatures in Gillum, and you've said living up north is very expensive. What I can't understand is alcohol is regulated by the government, so the price is the same no matter where you go in the province. Why couldn't the same happen with milk, bread, eggs? When I asked this question, I was told it was because I get a northern allowance. But she says alcohol is still pretty much the same price. So if it's cheaper, you know, she's making a point about it being cheaper to buy beer than milk. But I think there's something to be said there. We've decided we want to keep the price the same on a 2-6 of rye, but we want to charge you more for the basics to eat if you live further north. So if you're somebody in a northern community, let me know, because I, that, that was startling to me this morning, Greg. Yeah, well, you look at that, uh, the, the quote in the story that uh, from Melissa Ridgen, with the two adults in the house, we made the sacrifice thing. We can sacrifice meat. We can sacrifice milk. These are the basics are not things you should have to sacrifice just to, to get by. And she said that uh, the headline, meet a Manitoba mom forced to, quote, basically eat stuff from a can to survive financially. I know when I, you know, raising my babies, I never had to make a choice between me eating or them eating, you know, there are lots of choices that I know my parents had to make in raising me and my siblings that I never had to make. And so, you know, poverty strikes different people differently, depending on circumstance, depending on geography. And I think it's important that we we gain perspective and understand that uh, people aren't living these lives because they necessarily choose to do so. It's not all based on bad decisions that they've made in their life. I think we need to have more empathy about the challenges certain people in our society face. It is Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. We are asking you about your favorite sexy songs on this Valentine's Day for a chance to win tickets to see The Chicks coming to Winnipeg on September, uh, September 12th. And as always, we like to run through a couple of runner-ups before we announce our winner. And uh, Loren Sandys was a cute one for one of our runners-up. When my husband and I got married in 1993, we were at our reception and the song came on, which my husband requested, Falling in Love with You by Elvis Presley. We both went up to dance, but little did I know it was an old tradition with all his Elmwood friends that they would come up and circle him and sway to the song. I'm thinking, OMG, my new hubby has requested an extremely sexy, sensuous, beautiful love song, but not for me. So I stood there watching while he and his high school friends did the football huddle on the dance floor. Yep, that is my life, says Sandy. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Greg, you see this note here from Gene? Greg is not in the studio. He's just he's, gone. He's out of there. Okay, very good. <laughs> Gene says, what, what's, okay, I don't, hottest sexy song, Careless Whispers by George Michaels. Yes. 
Remember the Careless Whisper? It's, it's the saxophone it. song, I believe. Gene says, I worked as a hostess at Strawberries on Pemina Highway, and every time I heard that song, I would leave my post to stand in the hall to watch the video on the jumbo screen. My heart would flutter, and I would be transported to the tropical island in the video, just imagining time on the beach with George. I was guaranteed to be transported to the tropical island at least once a shift. 30 years later, that song still takes me back to that tropical island and those feelings from 30 years ago. And a tryst with George, Mi- George Michaels, even if in fantasy only. Here it oh, is. there it is. There's Careless Whippers. Yes. <laughs> um, but our winner, this, uh, this, theme, this song kind of threw us off here, and I'm going to press play on this. Uh, because this is not at all what we were thinking we would get this morning. The Batman theme from the Tim Burton movie with Michael Keaton. But here we go. Big D. Greg is now in our studio. Did you have uh, your computer crash or something in there, Mackling? Um, how do I turn on this microphone? <laughs> no, I just, uh, I'm trying to verify some huge news from uh, Canada Life Centre. Ah, Okay. Well, we'll uh, double-check that in a moment. But, Loren, Big D, we had lots of stories of people trying to do sexy dances and falling down and hurting themselves, but uh, this takes the cake. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day. This is absolutely a true story, but no names mentioned. One night, the couple in question had tried a fantasy role-playing. So as it went, he dresses up as Batman, but first they decide to handcuff the wife to the bed. A lady in distress was the fantasy, so he bursts into the room dressed as Batman, hopped up on the bed, superhero-like, <laughs> uncuffed her ankles, and then jumped onto the dresser, but sort of missed, fell knocking himself out. Wife can't get up to help, so she has to yell for her <laughs> seven- and ten-year-old boys to help. The boys couldn't get their dad awake while mom was tied to the bed and she didn't know where he put the key, so 911 had to be called because she was freaking out. Yep, Batman on the floor looking like he's dead and wifey tied to the bed. He had a concussion. She had a great story to tell for years to come. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's fantastic, Big D. Congratulations, you're going to see the Chicks September 12th when their world tour comes to Winnipeg. Uh, Can you mention this Canada Life news, or do we have to wait? Just announced Bruce Springsteen and the E-String brand are coming to Canada Life Centre Friday, November 10th. You have to register to win your chance to buy tickets. That's how big this concert is going to be. November 10th. The boss is finally coming to Winnipeg. Kevin Donnelly has finally done it. Wow. This is huge. Whether it's been a walk or ski on the Nestaway River Trail, cycling to work, tobogganing, or heading to the ODR, the outdoor rink, our relatively milder winter means outdoor activities have been more attractive options for many of us. And this morning we want to take you to the ODR, the outdoor rink in Whitehorse. I moved here and my grandsons would come over and come skating over here when they started playing hockey when they're like four and five years old and they were complaining about the ice how it sucked so I just remembered how to how we flooded the ice in Dawson City using a barrel so I thought I could do that I get up at four to stoke the fire and then I put three extra pails 
to go along with the rest that heated around the stove overnight. This is one of a series of stories from the founder of the outdoor hockey club, Randy Frickus. Those first sounds in that clip bring back so many memories, Randy. Thanks for spending some time with us on The Start this morning. Thank you for having me. So those sounds, they, they transport me to a different time and to different places. These documentaries are video productions, but talk about the sounds of the ODR. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, there's just something very nostalgic about uh, skating outdoors, whether, you know, like it's under the, you know, the, the sun coming up or under the stars, uh, you know, the, the ice kind of underneath your skates, you know, the, the your, your stick and the puck echoing off the boards and the, the trees around you or wherever you are. And then, you know, you ring one off the crossbar and it goes sailing and then you're digging through the snow looking for your puck. So tell us a bit about your project. You're traveling across the country or you, maybe you've already done it. Where, where have your travels taken you? Because you're looking at ODRs, the Outdoor Hockey Club Series. Yeah, so, so far I've been to uh, locations in Saskatchewan and uh, as you heard there in Whitehorse and surrounding areas around the city there. And then I've also focused on a couple areas here in Manitoba. I'm based here in Winnipeg. And then uh, this weekend, I'm actually heading east for, for a shoot or two, and then um, a few more out west uh, to hopefully finish off the winter and kind of racing against uh, the warm temperatures here. Uh, I might be the only one uh, who's kind of hoping for another cold snap just to prolong this winter. But, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the plan. And so, yeah, there's uh, uh, four, four episodes shot so far. There's three released, one being released this Saturday and then uh, the following Saturdays as well. So, yeah, you, you touched on this here, but uh, one of the reasons why, and we referenced the Nestawea River Trail, and one of the reasons I enjoy it so much is because not just get, getting outside and walking, but it's the sounds, the sights and sounds that we associate with winter. And I don't think you need to be a fan of hockey. To, to me, just hearing the sound of the puck you know, on the stick or the stick hitting the ice. It's basically like maybe as one of our other fellow radio colleagues in the city would say, the quintessential sound of winter. Would, would you agree with that? Oh, completely. And yeah, it's, it's not only the sounds, but it's also like the, how the, the crisp air, um, just how fresh it feels, you know, everything kind of around the game is like the outdoor version of hockey is kind of what drew me to, to want to make this series and um you know not only is it people playing hockey but as you heard in that clip um that was buster claire uh you know uh the, the man behind spearheading the maintenance at hillcrest community rink in whitehorse uh and he every morning so what he does is he uh heats up water on his basement stove in uh 10 five gallon pails and then he uh brings those pails upstairs and pours them into his homemade zamboni and drags the Zamboni over uh, about 150 meters and then does a fresh flood every single morning. And, and Buster himself uh, has said, like, if I don't start my day like this, then it just feels off. My my, my whole day feels off. And uh, I, I feel the same way if I if I don't get to get, get outside and play hockey or shoot the puck around or go for a skate. I just kind of don't don't feel right in the winter. So that's a, that's another kind of uh, motivating factor for, for this to to give give more attention to the outdoor version of hockey. Well, Randy, before we we, we got to run here, but uh, if we want to learn more about the Outdoor Hockey Club and this journey that you're taking, how do we do that? 
Uh, best place is to find uh, Outdoor Hockey Club on Instagram. It's at Outdoor Hockey Club. And then also the Outdoor Hockey Club website, OutdoorHockey.club. Uh, and you'll find everything there. Randy Frickus joining us live on 680 CJOB, the Outdoor Hockey Club. It's a fascinating story, fascinating journey. Thank you so much for giving us a quick peek into what you're doing. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And in the meantime, we switch gears now, Mr. Mackling, uh, to some big news that I think actually was one of our listeners who tipped us off to this. Yes, and I, I, I just thought there's no way this is for real. I was trying to double check and uh, verify this information on different accounts and different websites. And sure enough, our next guest has finally done it. Kevin Donnelly, True North Sports and Entertainment. And Kev, I'm out of breath because I'm running around here trying to make sure we get you on the air. Bruce Springsteen is finally coming to Winnipeg. Well, don't, you know, calm down. You know, <laughs> yes, I thought maybe you were ready to get your credit card to start the ticket purchasing thing. But yes, uh, at, at long last, you know, it's been, it's been sort of on the bucket list, as they say, for me personally and, and for the company to try to land uh, a tour with Mr. Springsteen. And uh, thrilled to announce and confirm this morning that uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band are indeed coming to Winnipeg, coming to Canada Life Center November the 10th. Uh, of this of this year, November the tenth, twenty twenty three. Julia just texting in right now to say, "I love Kevin Donnelly." You're going to get votes from mayor <laughs> or something like that based on this one, Kevin. But I'm kind of sad. Richard Clutie is away this week, and I think he hasn't missed an opportunity in I don't know twenty years to ask you on air whenever he can. Well, what about Bruce? What about the boss? When is he coming oh. to Winnipeg? Why? Why is this scene as such is is the biggie, so to speak? Well, I've already gotten a text from Richard, so he, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was just a bucket list. It was, uh, you know, I've had a long career. I'm getting very, very old now, and I've had a long, and I've had a really good fortune of working with uh, a huge list of artists, and, and this one is one that I haven't worked with and is on my own personal playlist. So if you were to sit with me and I played 10 songs, one of them would, would be a Springsteen tune. So he's been part of my musical uh, enjoyment for my whole, you know, adult life and never been able to, we've been close a couple of times and, you know, whether I was a promoter or, or here at the venue, we've been close on previous tours, but not able to land it and um, thrilled that able to, Confirm that we're on the list. He's going to do about eight Canadian cities. Winnipeg is in the middle of it. And uh, they're, they're using the verified fan thing, so people have to get on right now to Ticketmaster, register as an actual fan, and then those lucky people will get an invitation to buy starting uh, February the 22nd. How, do, well, how does that work? The, the, who gets determined who, get, who gets that invitation? Because I'm guessing we're probably going to see more people register than, right. than the actual tickets available. It just becomes a, a lottery method, you know, so so you register with Verified Fan. And what that does, is it, it tries to eliminate the bots and the computer purchasing and whatnot. So it, it determines you're a real human with a real email address. You'll register, and then uh, literally a lottery will, will send you an invitation with a code that's good for one-time use only to purchase tickets that you've registered for. So um, the registration starts right now, and the invitations will start to go out on February the 22nd. 
So, Kevin, uh, this is going to save me a lot of time and a lot of money. I narrowed it down to two or three spots where I was going to try and yeah. get elsewhere to see Bruce because this could be his last tour. I've yet to see him. This is sort of like the NHL coming back to Winnipeg for me today. i got to be really honest. This is okay. a huge deal, and I know it's a huge deal for a lot of other folks. What have the reports been on the tour so far in terms of, you know, we know that Bruce likes to play three-hour gigs and the, the concerts are, in some people's minds, second to none. What have you heard? What do you, can, can you tell us? Well, the reviews out of this past weekend, he played Atlanta, played Miami, 28-plus um, songs, over three hours, all the hits. Atlanta, he opened with uh, Never Surrender, so or No Surrender, so like, you know, it's it's a tour of hits. He's playing the songs you want to hear, um, and apparently they're in fine form. So let's just keep our fingers crossed that they stay. We have about seven months to wait. Um, let's hope everybody stays healthy. Everybody's getting a little old these days, but uh, it is exciting. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, you were going to go travel. This is a very big deal for our hotel community. He has legions of fans that will travel across the globe to come see him. So I'm expecting every hotel room in the city to be filled this night as well. So it's great for Winnipeg on a number of levels. It's super fun for me. And uh, Richard can stop bugging me. (laughs) I doubt that's going to (laughs) happen, but I wish you well on that front. Before we let you go, Kevin, you mentioned he's on your playlist and your bucket list to bring to Winnipeg. So what's the song you need to hear at this concert? Oh, you know, I have a, probably about 15, but, you know, Candy's Room or No Surrender, of course, Born to Run, like all the big ones. So I'm just an average Springsteen fan, but I know them all. Like it's, uh, it, it's been on my playlist for about 35 years, so I'm looking forward to it as a fan. Kevin Donnelly, Whew. True North Sports and Entertainment. Great day for you that we announced the Chicks earlier <laughs> this morning. We're giving away mm. tickets for that. Bruce Springsteen coming to Winnipeg, too. So well done. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. 946 on 680 CJOB with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We will have tickets to give away for the Chicks for the rest of the week. I don't know if we're going to have tickets for Bruce Springsteen to give away, so don't even... There's a line in the movie, seven, don't even bother (laughs) asking. (laughs) I, uh, I don't know if I've seen Greg run this much, maybe ever. Like, he's been out of this... He kept bouncing back and forth, and I was like, where is he? And he comes racing in. And don't get me wrong, I'm excited about this, but he came in and I thought, like, oh my gosh, like something bad has happened out there. And I'm so pleased that it's just something good and awesome. In this business, that's typically what it is, right? It's bad news, something shocking has happened. Well, this is shocking and surprising, but it's wonderful. The boss coming to Winnipeg, I cannot wait. November 10th, Canada Life Centre, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.